Hi, this is Elliot, host of Inspired Edinburgh. Please come and check out our Facebook page for all of the latest updates. If I could ask a small favour, please could you subscribe and review our show on iTunes. By doing this, you'll be helping us reach a wider audience and have a greater impact by challenging perceptions and encouraging people to live a more conscious life. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh. Powerful conversations helping you reconnect with your purpose. I'm Elliot Reeves and my guest today is Alexander Witkin. Alexander is an entrepreneur and creator and founder of Daily Business Hustle, an online community of young entrepreneurs. You've coached hundreds of people to build their own six and seven figure businesses. You're a speaker, a YouTuber, a blogger, a photographer, a world traveler, and have interviewed highly successful business people such as Joel Brown, Nick Coe, Gulliver, Gulliver Giles, and Ty Lopez. Alexander, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You're absolutely welcome. It's, uh, it's great to have you here. I was lucky to catch you uh, amidst all your, your traveling plans. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Awesome. So it would be super if we could start, I suppose, by setting the scene. Um, if you could tell us probably a bit about you know, your background, your early life, and really who Alexander Vitkin is. Yeah, I guess I have quite an unusual background uh, from the perspective of most people, because I was born in uh, Russia uh, in, in the 80s. Uh, I prefer not to say my age, but uh, <laughs> you guys can do the math. And we got out of there, of course, you know, as soon as the doors opened, just got out of there. And I grew up in Belgium, in just a small town. And everyone I knew is, was just normal person, just normal jobs, and uh, just had a normal education, normal high school, where we got taught what everyone else gets taught, that you should be studying a lot, get good grades, go to university, get more good grades, get an internship, a steady job, a house with a white picket fence, a, a golden retriever, a wife and 1.9 children. So that, that's, you know, that's the uh, education there. Yeah. And uh, then again, uh, I was told, now you should get a job. And I graduated, get a job. And I said, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. And I said, I'm just going to become a consultant. <laughs> In early 20s, I'm going to be a consultant. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anything about business or marketing, even though I had studied four years and had two marketing degrees. Uh, I didn't actually know anything. I didn't know sales. I didn't know how an actual business works yes, or looks yeah. like. Uh, I had done some internships, but you know, it's internships. It's not, it's not, it's not really experience. So I started as an, as an entrepreneur, as a freelancer and as a consultant. And I tried selling websites, videos, SEO, ran some online uh, blogs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it worked, you know, I got some sales, got some clients. I knocked on people's doors. Hello, are you looking for a marketer? No. Hello, are you looking for a marketer? No. Until someone finally said yes. Uh, coincidentally, it was via social media that someone said yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so got some clients. They paid me peanuts. I, I didn't know sales. So they ended up paying me a few hundred dollars per client or euros or pounds, you could say, because we're in the United Kingdom here. Yeah. So wasn't too successful actually, but I did learn a lot. Even in the first two months, I learned more than four years of college. And I went to two colleges uh, at the same time, got two degrees at the same time. So what happened was two months, learned more in business 
getting these tiny little sales and getting this this my my little uh, pinky wet, you know, <laughs> just from that tiny little piece of experience, I learned more than four years in college, yeah. and uh, that made me realize, am I ever going to have a job? I I prefer not to, mm -hmm. and I was really committed to business, and to be honest, that wasn't enough. So what what ended up happening is, the first two years I actually lost money. Okay. <laughs> so, because in Belgium you have to pay taxes whether you make a profit or not you know you have to pay social security and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. it was quite for, for a very young entrepreneur with very little experience was a hefty sum so ended up uh getting into debt and yeah had to get a job for eight months it was in the middle of the economic recession so what happened was i paid off the debt very quickly and then i decided okay this is the final job i'll ever have and i'm gonna travel is this a good idea to start traveling? If you're just kind of just beyond broke, is it a good idea to start traveling? Absolutely not. It's, <laughs> I don't recommend doing that to most people. Yeah. But I said, not only am I going to start traveling, but I'm going to cut off most of my ties to the point where it's very hard to go back. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to move to a country where I've been only once as a 14-year-old on a very short holiday. I'm going to move to a huge city and I had never been in a huge city before. It was Barcelona. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be there all alone. I've never been there before. And I'm going to make this business <sighs> thing really, really work. And I got mentored, read a lot of books. And after several months, I really hit it off. Like it was really big success for me. And I was able to travel the world. And since then, I've been to 42 countries and counting wow. uh, and just you know, a lot more success than before, let's say. Yeah, yeah. And it's been going great, just uh, traveling the world now, doing events. Uh, and now, last few years, I've been uh, also, I started coaching people after six years experience in business. Yeah. Started coaching uh, young entrepreneurs and getting some great results. So was that at the point that you started Daily Business Hustle? And for anyone that's watching um, and interested about it, if you can tell us a bit about that, that would be great. So, so, the way it kind of started was not as daily business hustle, but it just started as me. Uh, I was a freelancer. I had really good clients and a consultant. I had really successful clients. And I said, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And I just started putting some of my experiences mm -hmm. and success stories and that sort of stuff on YouTube. It was very simple. I was not very confident on camera. It's still on YouTube. Uh, if anyone <laughs> wants, they can look it up. Please yeah. don't. But... Um, <laughs> I, I basically, I started making videos and I didn't know exactly where it was going to go. I just said, I'm just going to put everything that I know on videos. So over a period of two weeks, I made videos every single day. I forced myself to go on the street in the middle of a huge crowd sometimes, <laughs> lots of noise. And yeah. just with my little camera and a friend who also started a YouTube channel and like, hey, uh, I just want to talk about how to start a community or I just want to talk about sales or how to learn marketing and so on. And I had a mentor at the time and my mentor is like, oh, Alex, that's nice. You have your little YouTube channel. You have a few hundred subscribers, but how much money have you made? I'm like, well, I only started two weeks ago with this YouTube channel. He's like, no, 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 go make money. And within one hour, I had my first clients for that business. So I posted on the social media. I just said, okay, everyone, you've been watching my content. What do you actually want to know from me? They're like, coaches. I'm like, okay, uh, I, I guess I could do that. Even though I said earlier on when I started YouTube channel, I said, I don't want to be a business coach. I don't want to coach 
normal people how to build a business because not because I don't necessarily want to like not because I wouldn't like it or anything like that it's just that the whole industry of coaching is a little bit scammy there's a lot of very shady information marketers out there who mm -hmm. teach very shady stuff that doesn't work just string people along that kind of stuff that was my um, perceived reality of how the industry worked but then I got on these calls with people from the audience and they all kept saying no no I just want to learn how you did it I just want to learn from you because you're successful please tell me how to build a business I'm tired of having a job <laughs> and I said no I don't want to teach that and I, I okay I sold them like a, a one-hour coaching session and some people got results so eventually after 20 plus people I was like okay okay you want me to do this I'll do this so I started a group instead of doing one-on-one -on -one, I started a group and mm -hmm. I invited some of the people that I had uh, coached in the past just to, just for fun just friends who I helped start a business and I started adding paying clients to the group so that ended up being daily business hustle and in 2014 we were teaching people how to start a YouTube channel and how to get sales from that and Whoa. we still work with some of the people from back then some of them became very famous youtubers you know, if you uh, type in YouTube, Mario Atomic or How to Rap Drew, uh, those types of guys, uh, mm -hmm. Alex Stevenson, these are some of the very early uh, members who joined the mastermind. So what ended up happening is it grew. It grew a lot. We've had more than 350 members uh, since then. That was 2014. And some people ended up building a business that is uh, over a million dollars. Wow. So we had guys who just had a full-time job, they joined, and we just said, you can do this. Just just do these simple things here. It was, uh, at that time, I remember it was August 2014, it was, uh, let's do cold calling. And some of the members, they became extremely successful. They ended up coming home from the job after a full day's work and doing another five hours of work. And after a few weeks, some of them told me, I actually made $6,500, or I actually made $4,000, <laughs> I made $3,000. I was like, wait a second. So these random people, some of them with no sales experience, mm -hmm. are becoming actual entrepreneurs and making uh, close to six figures in, in well, not well, on a yearly basis, right? So they're making mm -hmm. almost $8,000 after less than a month huh <laughs> so we started pushing cold calling a lot so it became a whole thing for us uh, of teaching people how to cold call how to build mm -hmm. a business using cold calls and later on we developed other strategies because cold calling is really hard you have to push people really hard mm -hmm. so we developed strategies where it's easier with inbound processes where clients come to you and we taught people sales like that mm -hmm. and we from almost from day one we focused on developing core basic skills that any entrepreneur needs and we found that if people learn these core basic skills mm -hmm. like sales lead generation and hiring people and so on mm -hmm. then they can build all kinds of businesses but we preferred to focus you know it kind of slowly developed as uh we taught how to build an online agency a digital agency that means yeah. agencies uh, a company that sells services like facebook ads website creation and so on Mm -hmm. So now we have 125 active members uh, and 
from all over the world, anywhere I go, there's always people, people meeting me and some that are extremely successful. We have multiple millionaires and we work with 10 coaches and every single coach mm -hmm. in the mastermind, and this is unique, I've never heard about this uh, ever anywhere in, in this industry. Basically every single coach is someone who joined the mastermind with little or no business experience whatsoever. Mm -hmm. In fact, maybe one of them had a little bit of business experience. Everyone else was a complete beginner. <laughs> and we taught them to the point where they're able to teach people business. Now, traditionally, mm -hmm. you need to, you know, they say, oh, you don't have 20 years of business experience? You're mm -hmm. not a billionaire? Well, don't teach people business. <laughs> well, I beg to differ <laughs> because we have people who join and after six months they become coaches. Mm -hmm. we, we don't look at how many years or how many billions of dollars. Are they making enough money now? Yes or no? Do they know the process? Yes or no? Are they able to teach the process and do people listen to them and get results? Yes or no? That's what we look at. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, really, it's really amazing. It's mm -hmm. a very close-knit community of entrepreneurs. And where it's going, uh, or perhaps that's like a future question you would like to ask, but where it's gonna <laughs> go is we're reimagining how education for entrepreneurs works because oh, I yeah. tried the traditional route, it doesn't work. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's really interesting. It sounds fantastic, I have to say. Um, yeah, brilliant, really yeah. good. One of the things that I know that you're a big advocate of is um, outsourcing or upwork. Mm. Um, so how do you go about using that in, in a sort of practical sense? What are the things that you use it for? So upwork just happens to be a tool that we use currently. Now, throughout the years, we've used many different platforms and ways of generating leads and places mm -hmm. to find people. Currently, a good place to hire uh, freelancers is Upwork. So in terms of outsourcing, how do we use it? We just go there, post a job. We're very critical of who we work with. Like we screen them very hard, mm -hmm. give them like short assignments. I have a YouTube video, uh, the Alexander Vitkin fast recruitment process. 2014, uh, you know, it's a, you could just watch it and implement it. And the, the core principle is choose proven, successful freelancers who have uh, leverage. That means usually they're 30 years old and have children. So they're very motivated to stick to a job and mm -hmm. keep delivering and not try to do weird stuff. We, we love working with women because they, they tend to be how do I put this? Uh, they tend to be more honest if you're hiring online because you know you don't you don't you're not meeting the person. It's an online person, and yeah. you want to work with people who are not going to lie to you. You want to work with people who stick around after mm -hmm. you train them and so on. Mm -hmm. And if they have children and they have leverage, you know, they want to work. Mm -hmm. They need to work, and we pay them more than fair wage, and it works fantastically well. And you don't have to have an office. You don't. You can travel the world while running a business and so on. Yeah. Now, another way we use Upwork is uh, it's not just recruiting people. It's also most people think Upwork is just a way to find a freelancer, like a nice cheap freelancer. <laughs> but for us, Upwork is a way to get phone calls with qualified leads because companies and individuals go to Upwork and yeah. they post exactly what they need. They're like, please, someone, we want to pay you money. Please do this service for us. <laughs> You can, you can sell stuff for $10,000 in Upwork. People wow. think, oh, there's competition. There is this person offering a service for $3 an hour. It doesn't matter. If you know sales, if you can create a funnel to get people on phone calls, it doesn't matter what someone else is doing in Upwork. 
because most people in Upwork don't know sales. They just see themselves as a cheap employee or in the best case scenario as a cheap freelancer. So if you come there and you know how to deliver a service, you know what you're talking about, you know sales, mm -hmm. you can get people on phone calls. You're not like afraid of getting on a phone call with a stranger <laughs> and you follow a good sales process, right? We, we have the seven steps in Dale Business Hustle, but there's a million sales processes out there. Mm -hmm. So if you follow a good sales process and you, and you get people to pay you as soon as possible, commitment, and you work with the right people, you choose your clients very carefully, this is probably the easiest way to build a business that I've ever seen in nine years of experience in business. So when I started was pick up the phone or walk into a company, hi, um, eventually you say, would you be interested in the, like a website or whatever? And mm -hmm. most of them said no. Now you go to people, they already said they wanna do it. They already said they're interested in the service. So your job is to make it clear to them that you have their best interest in mind and that they understand what you're gonna deliver and so on and get payment, right? Yeah. And so it's just so much easier than it was nine years ago. It's incredible. Yeah. So, so when you're doing it, I mean, are you effectively establishing uh, a virtual agency that's offering services? Yes. So our members, the quote unquote basic business model mm -hmm. or whatever you wanna call it, is an online agency because mm -hmm. guys in their 20s uh, those are the people who tend to watch my YouTube channel, FYI. So <laughs> guys in their 20s, what they want to do is travel the world, make money, and just do cool stuff where they don't have like a boss and an office they have to show up at every morning. So that's, mm -hmm. that's what we help them do basically. So it's, it's, uh, you don't have to be in a place. If you want to talk about travel, you don't have to be in a single location for longer than three months yeah. to run a business. I wouldn't backpack and go in hostels, but I would stay per city. I would do three months and go to countries that are, you know, have good internet at least mm -hmm. and where you're not going to get a, end up in a hospital for various reasons, right? <laughs> Maybe you can network locally a little bit, but basically you can go almost anywhere in the world and wow. you can run an online business. And I, I tell this to one of my mentors, he's uh, 52 years old and he has a hundred million dollar company. I told him these stories like, what has the world become? This is incredible. I wish I had this when I was young. Yeah. The man is doing $100 million a year, and he says he's jealous, jealous of us. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, I know. But, but the thing is, I, I suppose from your perspective, it's not all um, kind of glamorous either, because a lot of people just think it's just like, oh, you're just oh, flying around sitting on beaches all day. It's not quite like that. I, I haven't sat on a beach in a very long time, but I'm not a big fan of beaches anyway. You could potentially, you know, if you have 4G internet and you can really focus, you could sit on a beach, but why not just work eight to 10 hours a day and then go sit on a beach? Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. It's certainly uh -huh. not glamorous. The actual work, it, it's you're working with people online. Mm -hmm. They're human beings, they have their flaws. You better know what you're doing and you better have the process, explain the process to them and follow the process very closely mm -hmm. and make sure you get paid, which is not evident. You know, most people are yeah. even afraid of asking for money online, mm -hmm. but it's very important that you do and keep your clients um, engaged and interested in completing the project with you. If you're able to yeah. do that, then uh, by all means sit on a beach, but it, it's, cer <laughs> it's certainly not glamorous. Online agency is hard work. 
Yeah. Just like any type of business. There is no business that is sitting on the beach and you do nothing. Unless you spend 10 years building the business, hire a bunch of employees, and then leave for a couple of weeks. You could do that, yeah. but your business, if it's an agency <laughs> and you just started, it's going to collapse most yeah. likely. Yeah. So, so what does a, an, a sort of ordinary day in your life look like? Well, I'm running the, the mastermind. I'm running an online community. Mm-hmm. What I do is I help young entrepreneurs and I coach them. So on an average day, I'm recording YouTube videos and I'm coaching people. And I also uh, help my, our instructors because mm-hmm. you know, we have like a, a trusted advisor board. So we're mm-hmm. doing everything that we can to, uh, in the mastermind, to create a hundred. This is a medium term goal is to create a hundred million dollars of wealth in the in the mastermind right wow so that we have a little bit more influence a little more more control because mm-hmm. now we're kind of going with the flow you know this is we're following the market and so on but if if you can create a community where uh it's it's hundreds of successful entrepreneurs and you can make a real positive change you can make a real positive in uh change for young entrepreneurs to achieve success faster mm-hmm. and avoid this trap of going to college to study business, which you don't, definitely don't have to do. So we're working on that every single day. So m- my day is create content, social media work, uh, coaching people, helping with sales and so on. Okay, excellent. So, I mean, you've obviously done a significant amount of traveling over the years. How do you think that that's changed you or perhaps influenced your worldview? So I, I get asked this occasionally, not as often as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. So the traveling the world, uh, it just, in your mind, before traveling, because I remember it was not that many years ago. I've only been traveling the world for six years now. Okay. So in your mind, before traveling, the world seems like this giant, giant place. And New York, it's so far away. And Hawaii is so far away. Australia is not even on this planet and so on. <laughs> but if you've traveled for several years, almost without pause, mm-hmm. then you realize it, it's just, you're just an all in a big city, especially with the internet now. You know, yeah. I, I take out my phone and I'm on a call with a client from Sydney, Australia. And the next day I'm going to call with a client from uh, London, right? Does it matter that they're in Australia and London? No, it, it's, it's all very close to each other. And as you travel the world, you realize that everyone in the whole world, without any exception, thinks they're on the right path, they're doing the right thing, and they're, they're the good guys and so on. It, it's just, you know, we're just human beings and we're just doing uh, what we can to the mm-hmm. best of our abilities, usually. And, you know, people have the same general goals, same ambitions, and uh, I- if we can improve anything in the world if we can spend our very limited amount of time in the world improving just one thing like i'm working on education for example if, mm-hmm. if it just improves by one percent that's a huge huge change that will happen mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter exactly where it is in the world it's it's all global right mm-hmm. so and you, you really you can listen to it in the news but if you travel and you see the same things happening everywhere. I'm not gonna go political here or anything like <laughs> that, but you can see the same things happening here and you go all the way around the world and it's the same thing here and same conversations, same problems, same types of solutions and so on. You realize that you, you need to focus on 
what you can change and just dedicate your life to it. And that, that's really going to make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that makes enough sense, but <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a very small planet. And I think, I think it's, it's going to be a better place if everyone takes more responsibility. And again, this is not political. I'm not like uh, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm not, this is not about environment or anything like that. If everyone just takes responsibility for what they can mm -hmm. and work their ass off to, to just improve the world, the place we live in and the place we leave for future generations, yeah. right? That, that's gonna, that that's alone is already enough to, to change everything in a very big way. Mm -hmm. And just 1% change in 100 years is going to be uh, incredible, basically. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does, definitely, yeah. So, yeah. But as you travel the world, it just, like, you realize it's like the butterfly effect, you know? Yeah. Just if you influence one person, it, every video I make, I look at the camera and I just think to myself, I mean, I like to imagine 40,000 people who've watched the video, but I like to imagine I just change one person's perception of how to approach business or life. Mm -hmm. it, and that's already enough sometimes. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And as you travel the world, it just, you realize that more and more and more and becomes this very clear picture. Now, as I'm ex explaining this, I'm realizing that maybe my picture is not completely clear yet, but we're getting there. Yeah, that's a really great answer. I really, really like that. <laughs> so I know that you went to, um, you call it college, it's maybe university where, where I'm from, um, and you did two courses, I believe, in marketing. So what, <laughs> What were some of the things that you, the th of the things that you learned, how much of it was relevant to actual business? Um, so in terms of day-to-day -day activities in business, mm -hmm. uh, ba you, you could probably get this type of information in, in, a, in a week or two of in, <laughs> in terms of what's actually relevant. Really? So I, I, I guess learning to read uh, graphs, but I learned that in high school, like statistics, I learned that in high school. It's yeah. al almost nothing. It's, it's not even worth talking about, to be honest. <laughs> it's so little. Mm -hmm. And so, so how would you therefore change the education system if you could? So I, I don't believe in changing the education system that exists. I believe in just creating a new, whole new paradigm. So if you, if you think about it, uh, even 2000 years ago, how were people educated a lot of the time? You had experts, or you, they weren't called experts, but you had masters and you had apprentices, right? Mm -hmm. And especially very wealthy uh, children, they were taught one-on-one -on -one by world-class experts. Now, you can never have every single person in the world learn one-on-one -on -one from a world-class expert. Could, could you? <laughs> Well, not, not 2,000 years ago, but now you can. Yeah. Just, just think about it. You don't need to go to this room in a building where someone teaches you economy, but you want to be an entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. But they teach you economy as a way to prepare you for a job, but they've never run a business. So they're not going to influence you to start a business, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I kind of veered off there. What was the original question? It, it was really about um, the education system. So basically, yeah, <laughs> the general <laughs> education uh, system. So basically, what if um, 
more people were influenced to take full responsibility for where they're heading and to take full responsibility to improve things. That is like the mm -hmm. essence of entrepreneurship, increasing the value of things. I actually learned this from uh, a mentor, his name is Eben Pagan. Oh yeah. So yeah. increasing the value of things. J just think about it. If everyone was thinking like that, uh, well, everyone is a big word, but if more people were thinking like that, I want to mm -hmm. be a leader. I want to improve the world. I want to increase the value of things. Mm -hmm. I want to improve uh, the way we all talk to each other and the way we all, uh, well, interact. And how is that done? In my opinion, is through entrepreneurship and through business. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think uh, entrepreneurs are interested in war or politics or anything like that. We're, entrepreneurs are interested in working together, creating more trust mm -hmm. and creating more value for as many people as possible. And I think almost any entrepreneur would agree with that. Yeah. And the more people become entrepreneurs, the more people take personal responsibility, the less silly problems, avoidable problems uh, there will be in the world. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> so you obviously, um, you, you have a lot going on in your life. Yeah, um, you know, I've, I spent a bit of time with you yesterday. It's, you're always sort of on social media. You're mm -hmm. always thinking about things. How do you avoid burning out and how do you manage stress? So this is a very interesting topic because we had this uh, conversation with my mentor in the mastermind. Mm -hmm. uh, as I mentioned, he runs a hundred million dollar company and mm -hmm. he said, you guys, you guys are all working way too hard, <laughs> right? Me, everyone else, he's like, how many hours do you work? I was like, well, this week, 13, 14 uh, per day on average, seven oh, days a week. He's like, geez. why? Why do you do that? After eight to 10 hours a day, uh, the value that you can produce after that is very little. There's massive diminishing returns after that. And I think, I think this is widely acknowledged. In a lot of countries, uh, it's, uh, most jobs, you can't even work that. You can't even work more than eight hours a day. It's very hard to get jobs like that mm -hmm. because they realized it, there's diminishing returns. So if you fill your head with just this work thing nonstop, this whole work super hard and kill yourself, <laughs> right? Are you going to be able to produce for the next 50 years? If you're, if you're uh, 30 years old, are you going to be able to produce for the next 50 years or are you going to get burnt out? Well, I certainly had a few burnouts when I was starting this business. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't matter how many years of experience I had or anything. I was sitting there with uh, my phone, I mean Skype, obviously, but with my quote unquote phone, making phone calls, closing sales. Any friends invited me for dinner, I try to close their girlfriend, right? Have you ever considered starting a business? I would ask them. Oh my God. A taxi driver on the way to the restaurant. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So oh. how long have you been driving a taxi? Would you start a business? <laughs> what about an online business? Have you considered that? I just try closing everyone on a sale. And of, of course, this is not sustainable. I ended up in the hospital in 2015 wow. uh, because of uh, nothing too serious, but it was basically symptoms of uh, like early symptoms of burnout and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. like, um, so how do you avoid that? I mean, it's structure your day very, very carefully. I have Google Calendar now mm -hmm. and Google Calendar is my boss. <laughs> okay, I, I don't have, there's, there's no one, you know, uh, I'm the quote-unquote founder of the company, whatever you want to say, yeah. but I, I serve people in the company. I serve um, 
quote-unquote employees, although I don't really work with employees, I work with freelancers, but we, we, I serve, I try to help people lift them up and mm -hmm. keep them on track, right? So if I burn myself out, then I'm not helping anyone. So my primary focus is follow the Google Calendar, follow the schedule, follow the structure, and the more I follow the process, the more results I get and the less I burn out because I don't just focus on business anymore. I did that for two years and it was very unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So uh, in fact, if you look, uh, just a quick story, if you look at my videos from 2014, I look 18 years old in some of them. You know, when I was shaved and all that, uh, who is this child? Uh, you know, that's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And you age quickly through stress and you're not able to work as hard. So I've decided to focus a certain amount of time on business but the rest of the other hours, I'm focused uh, on my well-being and making sure that the next day, the next year, and the next 10 years and so on, that I'm able to produce. So mm -hmm. I, I guess there's this whole paradigm in society right now of get to 65 because that's retirement and that's when the golden years start. <laughs> how are they the golden years? How, yeah. how is that? The, the most productive, most creative years are between... A lot of people are not going to like this, but it's between, uh, scientifically speaking, okay, between, um, I, uh, like, let's say, what was the number again? Let's say 16 and 35 in terms of when were the most discoveries and progress made, when did people learn the most? Between 16 and 35. Einstein, just look up when he made most of his discoveries. It's not in his 70s, hmm. right? So how are they the golden years, right? <laughs> but... So, someone who wants to um, become truly, truly successful, I believe the long game is the way to go. And I know there's people who disagree and s people who work uh, so many hours that they only have four hours of sleep and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I just don't see it like, I, I, don't, I don't believe in that anymore. I used to, but I don't believe in that anymore. I believe in uh, avoiding burnouts, following a strict schedule, uh, allowing yourself still to be creative despite the schedule, Mm -hmm. and, you know, lifting other people up uh, to, to achieve results, working on a, uh, a common goal. Yeah, I love that when you talk about being, uh, I suppose it's the, the whole idea of being a leader as opposed to being a boss. Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're trying to help people and empower them and get them to do great work rather than telling them what to do all the time. Mm -hmm. I think there's a, a term for this. It's called... Uh, servant leadership or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I, my mentor mentioned a term like that. Oh, well, I don't remember <laughs> the exact term. <laughs> no problem. So what, do you do anything um, in terms of like meditation practice or kind of anything else to unwind? So uh, to unwind, I mean, I go on dates, but <laughs> other stuff. Um, so there's, there's the gym stuff, of course. I did meditation for many years. I started when I was 16 or 17 when mm -hmm. I started doing jujitsu and I did uh, Zazen meditation for many years mm -hmm. and uh, but currently I don't meditate actively uh, there is something called uh, passive meditation all that kind of stuff but I, I, I prefer not think about that sometimes I focus on my breathing and that kind of stuff and mm -hmm. maintain I focus also on maintaining uh, a healthy heart uh, rhythm and that kind of stuff, which is very healthy. Mm -hmm. But I, I wouldn't say that I actively meditate currently. And what other stuff? Uh, sometimes every so many, every few months, I need to travel. I need to go to a new place, 
and uh, that helps a lot because it helps me reset my schedule and rearrange my life. Because mm -hmm. if you're in the same spot and everything is in place, all the processes are in place, change is hard. Yeah. But if you're always moving, you're forced to implement a few changes <laughs> every few months. Very interesting way of, uh, of uh, living your life, by the way. Yeah. And so how do you go about identifying when is the right time to be moving? Uh, I, I move every three, every three months, okay. uh, although now I'm on a six-month uh, stay in one location. But that's because I, I traveled too much for a year and a half, so now I, ne I needed the six months to just put things in order. But now I'm gonna do three months at a time again. Uh, it's, it's just like a, we found through many years of trial and error mm -hmm. that three months is kind of the magic number, basically. So how do you, how do you know? So some people maybe it's less, some people maybe it's more, but th three months tends to be like the the, the golden road for, for most people. Mm -hmm. Cool. One of the things that I really admire about you actually is the fact that you um, you have strong opinions, mm -hmm. and you're not afraid to voice them. <laughs> so when did you sort of learn that, and do you never worry that you're going to say something that's just going to start a you know, a, a kind of fire. So, so there's there's many things going on there. Uh, strong opinions, if, if you're gonna teach people and you don't have strong opinions, they don't even believe what you're saying. However, strong opinion doesn't mean that you can't change your opinion. Mm. And one of my very long-term goals is be the ability to change my opinion. In fact, we just had a conversation with Mario, uh, Mario Tomic about brain plasticity. Okay. The problem with people who age is that they're unable to change their opinions and the way their brain works. Mm. The benefit is you come off as a, lo a lot more sure of yourself. The disadvantage is you're not as creative and so on. So mm. I actively work on creativity on a daily, sometimes even hourly basis. You know, with social media, you have to. Otherwise, you become irrelevant inst almost instantly. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, the, the strong opinions are there, but they serve a purpose. Okay. If they didn't serve a purpose, then I would just brush them aside, basically. And, and, and if you can't do that, you become... Uh, I've seen some people become these weird narcissistic machines, and it, it, it's good that they become <laughs> irrelevant. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So, so I actively work on having the strong opinions and be sh being sure of myself. However, when the opinion becomes irrelevant or I change it, uh, well, that kind of explains itself, basically. <laughs> when I change it, then it's gone. It's on to the new opinion. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to... And uh, the thing about entrepreneurship, oftentimes you have two competing opinions and you're equally convinced of both of them. Sounds yeah. weird, but uh, most people would say, oh, you shouldn't do that or whatever, but you need to do that because there's always data number A, and, uh, data A and data B, and they're competing with each other, right? Yeah. And you need to be able to switch sometimes. It's very important. So these strong opinions, they serve a purpose. And when they don't, they just get brushed aside. And am I afraid of um, causing problems? Well, most people are terrified of that. They're terrified yeah. of upsetting someone, mm -hmm. you know? Especially in today's culture, I, I guess it's almost cliche at this point. Uh, there's this avoid inflammatory comments culture, right? Mm -hmm. But Anyone who completely avoids inflammatory comments of any kind 
and, and just uh, walks on, on the uh, narrow roads in the corner, they are completely irrelevant. <laughs> Think about that. Who, who, do you, who, who do you know who's super relevant and completely 100% mainstream? If you watch mainstream TV, for example, who watches mainstream TV these days? If you uh, go to Alexa and you look up who watches mainstream news, it's mostly uh, older people, like 50 plus ish, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's like housewives and stuff like that. So <laughs> so, so think think about that. Do you want to be mainstream? Is is this you know anyone watching this? Do you want to be mainstream? Is this who you want to appeal to? When you talk to journalists, I have very you know, candid discussions with journalists sometimes. Um, and they, they say, I'm writing all this stuff and I know who reads it. It's older generations who just uh, have the same thoughts over and over. They don't change them anymore. And it's so boring because they live vicariously through these uh, perpetually repeated like stereotypes in, in mainstream media and so on, yeah. right? So, and mainstream media is don't offend anyone. Where, well, if you, if you want to impact the world, you're gonna offend someone, so it's fine. <laughs> That's such a good answer, wow, okay. Um, I don't know if you saw, and this is, I suppose, like the complete, um, almost antithesis of what you're saying with the older generation, mm -hmm. the video that went viral, Simon Sinek um, on, mm. I can't remember what it's called, I IQ. Think I posted it, yeah. Yeah, talking about the millennial generation um, and how they're entitled oh, and yeah, how yeah. their, you know, um, employers don't know what they're looking for. And I mean, you obviously spend a lot of time with young guys in their, in their 20s. What are young people these days, what are they looking for? I have a very skewed view of young people because I create a type of content that I hope, well, I know, tends to attract people who want to achieve more and work a little bit harder than the average person and so on. Mm. So I can talk about those people. Hmm. I, I wouldn't uh, want to talk about everyone because I'm not like some researcher professor. You know, yeah. I, I'm focusing on people who want to be entrepreneurs. Okay. And when I talk to these people, um, they have very, very big dreams, but feel the dreams are being almost suppressed and ridiculed. And they do want to work hard, mm -hmm. but they want a simple plan to follow that's not confusing or, or too out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, do they feel entitled? Let me think about that. Mm. It, not, not the people that I'm working with, I would say it's quite the opposite. They mm -hmm. should feel more entitled, to be honest. I, I don't understand, from my very you know, narrow view of working with entrepreneurs, they, they need to feel more entitled. They need to feel like they deserve even more wealth and so on. Because I, I, I work with people who do wanna work hard. So mm -hmm. if you do wanna work hard, you should feel entitled, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. I, I prefer working with younger people. Certainly I could, you know, my business would be more profitable if I said, I'm going to work with people above 40. <laughs> who has more money, yeah, right? Yeah. Who, who's who's going to pay more for uh, learning how to build a business or whatever? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely people over 35 and <laughs> uh, up to 65. Yeah. I, I notice bec any, anyone in the industry will tell you that. So, but I prefer working with younger people because they have a vastly bigger ability to change and 
the work that they're doing now, you know, it has the ability to create more change because there's more time left for them. So more people with more time left equals more change. So that's what I prefer to, to, to do. And uh, they, they understand it, you know, it's, they're, they're not just uh, uh, jet setting around and, and, uh, and uh, partying every day, you know, they, they understand that they're working on a mission, a lot of them, and they really want to make a change in the world. Yeah. And I don't think the previous generation or even before that, uh, I think this is the first time since maybe the 60s or 70s, obviously I wasn't alive then, but I imagine since the 60s or 70s that people really want to see as much change as they, as they want to see now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's really, it's, it's a great time to be alive because we're able to create the change and there's people who want to create a change and we're at work for it. Isn't that amazing? They don't want to just sit around, do nothing and hope change will come. They actually want to work for it. It's, it's really amazing. So I, I love mm-hmm. working with young people. Mm-hmm. I love working with uh, uh, 16 to, you know, in their 30s, people in their 30s mm-hmm. uh, on, on creating businesses. And it's, it's great. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I actually probably came across you. I'm trying to think. I mean, it, it would have been probably at least a year ago. Um, and I mean, you, you put out an enormous amount of content on social media. So what's your, I suppose, overarching strategy for social media? And why do you put out as much content as you do? Why? Because I have to, <laughs> one, but that's not the only reason. Two, it's because uh, if you, quote unquote, force yourself to put on a lot of content, then uh, you become like a vacuum for information but also you train your muscle there's like there's not a literal muscle in your brain of course there's a figuratively speaking there's a muscle mm-hmm. in your brain that allows you to be more creative so if you do these little um sprints of work let's say which is social media right mm-hmm. you, you 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 sit down okay i need to create something that hundreds of people are gonna say holy shit, this is amazing if you do this several times per day and then at the end of the day, you need to create a 20-minute YouTube video explaining a deep, complicated process or concept or a new paradigm, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to be able to do that much easier than if you just do nothing for two weeks and then create a video. Because <laughs> you just leave your brain alone for two weeks and then, okay, now you have to work super hard uh, and create something completely unique that no one has ever said and it's in an industry completely oversaturated, good <laughs> luck. Of course, it's not going to work. You need to exercise the muscle daily mm-hmm. and force yourself to become a creator. And it's a very interesting concept, being a creative creator versus a consumer. Mm-hmm. If, if you meet anyone, almost anyone in the world, are they a creator or are they a consumer? Or do they watch or do they film, you know? Yeah. They're going to be watching, they're going to be reading, they're going to be uh, eating, they're going to be, you know, doing all the consumer things, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be sitting in front of the camera with a white sheet figuring out what they're going to say and, you know, making it work in the world. That, that, that's, what, that's, what, you know, that's what makes you very creative mm-hmm. and a lot more intelligent as well. And then I'm not calling myself that intelligent, by the way. Uh, a lot, a lot of people help me do what I do, and that's that's why we're successful the way we are. Yeah, you do come off as being quite smart, though. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what um, platforms do you most 
enjoy um, being on. Um, I know I know it's fashionable right now to say Instagram and Snapchat. <laughs> I, I honestly I I don't like Instagram and Snapchat uh, because most of the content is is that is very effective on there right now. Mm -hmm. Just is there one moment and it's gone the next so you're creating all this stuff and then it's just gone i prefer youtube and facebook right now mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm more than open to change my opinion uh and in fact i'm sure you're going to talk to mario soon and he's going to probably say instagram uh <laughs> and he's extremely he's hugely popular on instagram right now but you can build an audience relatively easily on uh, if, if you you know if you dedicate your life to it you can build an audience yeah. relatively easily on youtube and on facebook right now and they're big, you know, they're the biggest um, the biggest audiences right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say the most engaged, but I'm going to say the biggest. Uh -huh. yeah, and it's, what's interesting, I think, is that, you know, we spoke about this yesterday to um, some extent, is that for, you essentially said that it's not all about following for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not about... all about following? It's, you know, it's in terms of you're not going to social media just so that you can have a million people following you. You're going there for a ah, specific yeah, yeah. reason. I suppose it's like a return on investment or mm -hmm. what nets out to being money rather than just look at how many followers I have. There's a more practical reason why you're doing it, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be a 14-year-old girl putting her ass on Instagram <laughs> and then 10,000 guys like it and then uh, she's just, okay, well, I get a free, free perfume in the mail tomorrow or something like that yeah. from a company that wants to promote their perfume. I'm not interested in, like, uh, just audience or anything like that i'm interested yeah. in people who are the most engaged and implement the most how do you measure that mm -hmm. they end up paying you and of course you know they end up uh working with you and you end up helping them achieve great things yeah. so how do you measure that uh, you know i guess the 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 answer is money right so any any business yeah. owner who's not focused on revenue profit and so on it's not really a business at that point. So I, ha I have to yeah. say, of, of course, I'm not just creating just to create. I mean, of, of course, there needs to be, you know, s some kind of uh, way to survive. <laughs> yeah. and there needs to be, of course, if you cr can create wealth for your others, then you deserve to uh, have some portion of that return to you as well. Uh -huh. Great stuff. So, I mean, we've covered a, a huge amount about, um, you know, your, your background mm -hmm. and, and the work that you're currently doing. And we've got, I think, a lot of um, really great opinions <laughs> and views on things, which is, as I say, it's one of the things that I love about you is that you're not afraid to just say it how it is or how you see it rather than trying to appease everyone on certain events, which is incredibly refreshing in this day and age. Um, I suppose at this point it would be great to kind of maybe peel back a little bit further um, and talk to you in a bit more detail around about sort of purpose and success. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel is your purpose? Well, uh, I've chosen uh, a purpose and that is to help, uh, I actually mentioned this before, but not in this context, but uh, I, I've chosen a purpose that is to uh, help young entrepreneurs achieve success in business. And that is uh, through uh, reimagining the way education for works for entrepreneurs. Mm. Wow, I like that. I, I, <laughs> I, I like, I like you know, making it shorter and shorter. Because I, I think someone who's, uh, uh, the closer someone is to 
being really in line with their purpose, the shorter their explanation is. I, I, like, yeah. I, like, I like to believe that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that, actually. Yeah, I do. Um, you've actually spoken, I, I came across uh, a podcast that you'd done reasonably recently, I believe, um, about people finding their purpose. Mm-hmm. How do you think other people can go about finding their purpose? So there is, uh, let's just lump this together with like passion, I guess. Because yeah, this yeah. whole movement, and it's not <laughs> in a movement, it's, it's just a bunch of people uh, who, it, it's not a conspiracy or anything like that. It's just, it's just fashionable to say, work on your passion, find your passion, and uh, then work on your passion and that, that, that sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And any entrepreneur uh, who's made it, they'll say, well, I found what I'm passionate about. But they, they tend not to say that when they started, they weren't necessarily super passionate about it. Yeah. yeah? Uh, for example, I never talked to Elon Musk, but I've read uh, the biographies and so on. I, I, I don't imagine he was born and he immediately uh, had a purpose and a passion, <laughs> sounds yeah. so weird, assigned to him, you know? It, I don't think it works like that. I think yeah. that maybe in high school, maybe in college or whatever, whatever is people's lives look like, um, people have found something they're good at. Maybe they're more analytical, maybe they're more uh, attuned to uh, becoming good at sales and so on. And if they pursue one of these paths, they're likely to find something that they're really, really good at. So for example, someone may be extremely, extremely good at uh, sales and they really end up loving real estate, right? So we're sitting here in a beautiful room and it really makes them super excited to sell houses, you know, (laughs) mansions, you could say like this (laughs) to people, right? And I wouldn't say they're born with it. I wouldn't say they just know it. But I would say that after you had a certain amount of success in, uh, let's call it social interactions, maybe you'll discover that you want to do it something like that professionally. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you learn the basics of sales and you get some results in sales. And then you become pretty decent at sales. You get a lot of positive feedback on that internally, externally. You just feel good about it. It just feels really good and you know makes the fire burn inside. And maybe then they discover that they want to sell a certain something uh, like real estate. They want to be in real estate sales or whatever uh, or coaching for that matter. And they end up after a year or two, they say, I'm passionate about this. And then they realize that they can make a huge change by becoming a real estate, you know, uh, billionaire or whatever. And then they end up becoming this billionaire. And then someone asks them, how did you discover, like, how sh- what should young entrepreneurs do? They find your passion. Well, they didn't just find their passion. Yeah. It, it grew uh, through external and internal factors. Mm-hmm. So what is my advice for young entrepreneurs? It's not find your passion, find your passion, because they don't know how to help to do that. They're going to have to learn valuable skills that they get rewarded for. And being rewarded for something means you can spend more time on it, especially financial reward. If Mm. you are a bartender and an artist, you spend 10 hours a day bartending and two hours a day a week uh, painting, right? Can you say that you're passionate about 
painting. Maybe you're, it feels good to paint, but you're a bartender because that's what mm. you're actually doing. <laughs> you're not, you're, uh, no, no offense to anyone watching, or perhaps maybe a little bit of offense, but you know, how, how can you be an artist or whatever, or a musician for that matter, if you're only doing it two hours a week, yeah. right? So the, the, the way to discover your purpose is spend more time on it. See if uh, this is something that you get rewarded for and you can do long-term. Mm -hmm. And if so, develop it and you will become passionate about it most likely. Or you, know, you can call it your purpose if you want. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose it then helps that you, you know, if you can make money doing it, that's even better. Well, yes, because if you make money doing it, and by the way, you can make money doing almost anything, but if you can make <laughs> money doing it, again, it will allow you to spend more time on it and also yeah, yeah. Uh, free up the mental RAM instead of uh, figuring out how to make a cocktail in a bar, you can uh, spend more of your energy, time, and so on, you know, more of your brain power on just completely focusing on that. I, I go to bed and I'm thinking, how am I going to get this and this person results? How am I going to create content tomorrow? Yeah. So I have to, I have to become passionate about it. And it's, it, there's a lot of positive feedback externally, internally. I feel good about it. So of course I'm passionate about it, right? <laughs> so where do you think your, your drive comes from? Uh, everyone is born with drive. You just have to, uh, instead of uh, being told over and over that maybe you should be this, maybe you should do that and so on, just, just follow, um, I, I, again, it's related to passion, I think. Fo follow what you feel that you would like doing and then just see where it brings you. Because I didn't know in exact type of business I would start and that I would succeed at and so on, right? Yeah. But the, the drive for, for, I can talk about drive for guys. So, uh, you know, we're wired in a way where if we take decisions, and then we execute them, uh, execute on them, and get results, right? So we're very goal-oriented, very result-driven. If we can do that as, as a, like a cycle that repeats itself, mm -hmm. then um, I, I suppose you could call that drive. So f find it, I mean, you, you, you kind of create it, um, I would say you kind of create it. You create process, you create habits, and that forms your drive. Now, if, if I go and, um, uh, let's say, stay at someone's home that lives in Siberia and they just uh, wake up, eat a fish, and then go fishing every day, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to create my cycle of success, my habit. I'm not going to be able to execute my habits of success, and I'm going to start losing my drive. In fact, there's um, I've seen or heard... Uh, a fitness instructor talk about this. He was this huge, jacked, successful guy. And he said, I'm going to become fat and I'm gonna lose all the weight again, yeah. just to prove that it's possible. <laughs> now, when he sat there and he started gaining weight and, uh, you know, which is very unnatural for him, you know, he doesn't even know how to behave in that situation. Then what ended up happening was he became uh, more lazy and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. and his wife almost left him. So why is that? It's because he lost a lot of his drive. So mm -hmm. all those habits that allowed him to be very successful and so on and so forth, he lost a lot of that because he changed his habits. So mm -hmm. someone, I, I believe that if you take a person 
and you um, help them create new habits of success mm -hmm. that uh, successful people use and so on, that anyone is able to self-generate the drive and uh, create the success that they want. So what do you think are some of the habits that you've perhaps ingrained that have led you to your success? Ooh, okay. Well, there's of course the uh, traditional things like uh, work out as much as possible, have positive, deep social interactions. Mm -hmm. uh, you can fill in the blanks there, I'm sure. Um, um, work hard, you know, especially if you're, the younger you are, the harder you should work. Uh, I, I've been told, I'm, I'm not that old, but <laughs> people who are older tell me, you know, like, you should work a little bit less when you're older. Um, what else, what has led me to success? Uh, travel, which allows me to reset a lot of habits and uh, perceive the world from a different perspective than yeah. most people. I'm not saying I'm better or worse. I'm just saying it's a different perspective, really. Mm -hmm. um, focusing, what, what I guess my strength is, my main strength is focusing on people a lot. And usually you find this in really big companies. My company certainly isn't big. I mean, we've worked with 125 people. It's not huge. It's 125 people. Uh, and 125 entrepreneurs, but the ability to focus on people and r really like obsess over it. I'm obsessed with making people succeed, even if they don't see themselves as capable of that. That that that's really powerful habit that I have developed over the past few years. Um, other habits uh, focus on persuasion and sales, which I think any entrepreneur will have to develop. And persuasion mm -hmm. sales doesn't just mean that you do sales calls every day. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a way of looking at the world and influencing the world, really. Um, I, I guess those are the main six things that I can come up with off the top of my head right now. Mm -hmm. So how do you define success? Define success? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> so success is... Uh, I, I don't think a lot about defining success, to be honest, but if I had to come up with a definition right now, it would be the legacy that you will be able to leave the world because we have, we, we're working with a deadline here, you know, everyone. Maybe <laughs> some people don't like hearing it, especially guys <laughs> in your 20s, but uh, I just made a video about it, actually. <laughs> but we're working with a deadline, and the deadline, it may come sooner than expected. So what is success? Success is having, uh, the, well, influencing the world in a positive way as much as possible within that deadline. <laughs> wow. But uh, for me personally, that would be, well, I already, you know, I, I discussed it. I want to repeat myself, but <laughs> it's, it's my mission and so on that we discussed before. Yes, yeah. In which actually, this is going to work out quite well. It's got a good segue into the next question. What would you like your legacy to be? Um, so, ho I mean, hopefully I'll, I'll, I, my, one of my goals is living past a hundred and hopefully really? even more than that, because there's a lot of developments going on right now, uh, th wow. that, you know, the life expectancy is increasing and be very productive. So if I'm able to get to 80 plus and so on, um, so my, my goal, f uh, for, or you, you could call it legacy. I'm not thinking in terms of legacy as much because... Well, I, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe I'm not old enough or whatever, but I'm thinking in terms of 
uh, goals right now. So the goal, long-term goal for when I'm 50 right now mm -hmm. is to be able to build a billionaire company which influences a, a billion lives in, uh, in allowing more people to take responsibility for themselves and becoming entrepreneurs. So oh legacy, Lord. it translated to legacy, uh, more than a billion people influenced to becoming successful entrepreneurs. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> That's a proper goal. Yeah. What are some of your other goals? Um, I'm, I'm mostly focused on that really. Like ev everything else that I do is just in support of that. Seriously. So when, when I, e even when I uh, build relationships of any kind, it's always in support of that. If, if I want to be, be healthier, it's in support of that. So it's, it's very, I think it's very secondary if you talk about other goals. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's like, that's really, really visionary. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but if, if you aim for something higher, you're more likely to achieve more than if you just go for, you know, the, the small ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so where do you see yourself in, in like five years? Um, Five years, that, that's much closer. It's easier to talk about it. Uh, so basically five years, uh, that is, uh, so we're 125 members. I uh, want to have uh, a community of 5,000 people, 5,000 entrepreneurs. And when I have at least 100 of them uh, have a seven-figure business. So we want to have, if you want to measure influence in terms of money, we want to have influence valued at at least $100 million. Jeez. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, you've you, you clearly um, absorb or assimilate a lot of information and knowledge, um, and in order to and you kind of touched upon this when we spoke yesterday to make the videos that you make and the content, it doesn't happen by accident, and a lot of it's not just on the top of your head. You actually have to do put work into doing that. Mm. So, what are some of your um, favorite sources of information? Maybe some of the, the you know, favorite books that you've read? Oh, I have a large list of books on my website, but uh, just to name a few, uh, my favorite book of all time is Tribal Leadership. Okay. It's a book that explains multiple levels of uh, tribes or the way people view the world as tribes. It's not Seth Godin's book, is it? It, it, it isn't Seth Godin, no. no. It, uh, I actually forgot the author's okay. name because I'm bad with names, but okay. tri Tribal Leadership okay. is an amazing, incredible book. And ever, the, the year that I've read that book, that is the year that I've achieved uh, 10, 100 times more success than ever before reading that book. So that, that book is incredible. And it really, uh, it inspired me to build a community and it inspired me to create cultures in anything that I do, be it uh, when I was leading teams in companies or uh, creating my own community. It inspired me to really create high influence Mm -hmm. and effective communities with high-end goals that uh, exceed the normal make money type of goals. Yeah, and it's yeah. a very, very powerful book that everyone should read. In fact, one of the, uh, in the book it says, feel free to give this book for free to anyone. Just copy it and give it to someone. It, that, really, that's yeah. how much the author believes in, in the message. Wow. Both me and him, I, I imagine, well, I know he believes it and I believe it. So both me and him uh, believe that it can change the world. So that's the number one book. And then there's the E-Myth Revisited, which mm -hmm. is a- uh, Michael Gerber. Yeah, yeah. Co yeah. Core, some core principles from that book are, I really incorporated them very deeply into uh, what I'm doing. Um, 
than Millionaire Fast Lane, yeah. which is sounds. Uh, uh, author also admits it. It sounds like a weird markety title, but that's on purpose. It's just the title is markety. The actual content is incredible. Yeah. Very uh, real book about business, and there's not a lot of books about business that are this real. Because mm -hmm. he really he's really good at explaining the whole passion and so on. Uh, it's it's uh, closely related to Emif Revisited in my head. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Who or what inspires you? Who or what? Um, it inspires me to see students, so entrepreneurs that I work with students who go from these shy kids almost, some of them are kids, 17 years old, mm -hmm. to very confident guys, usually mostly guys, who uh, build very successful businesses. Anytime I see a guy go from, hey, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Timmy and I just, you know, I just started this and just, you know, hopefully I'll succeed. And then one year later, they're, they're flying all around the world. They have, they're making 10, $20,000 per month. They're, they're helping others achieve the same thing. Mm -hmm. it, it's incredible. Like I, 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 I haven't experienced better inspiration than that. And what else? Uh, it inspires me to, I, I like reading, so outside of my business, I like reading books that are biographies by famous entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who have achieved more than most of us will achieve. Hmm. Like yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Elon yeah. Musk, and, and um, Steve Jobs, and so on. You just read those books. And also Nelson Mandela, even though I don't like politics, I don't participate in any type of politics, mm -hmm. but M Nelson Mandela, like those types of books, really super inspirational. Mm -hmm. And they, they had, some of them had really tough mm -hmm. lives and they've achieved so much. And if anyone listening to this, if you're not inspired by those types of, it's almost impossible you're not inspired. <laughs> if you read a book cover to cover like that, you will be inspired, I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, that's a tough one. The, like, the one I like referring to the most, uh, I'm still thinking about the best, but the one I like referring to the most is mm, start making money in your business as soon as possible instead of waiting for this ethereal success that may or may not come. Yeah. Pr prove that it will come by just making the business profitable. May maybe that's not the best one though. The best one is probably... Mm. Oh, okay. Well, it has to be how value works. So this is from Eben Pagan. Okay, I have to give credit where it's due. So <laughs> there, there is. Imagine there's a fountain, right? So this is the way he explains it, or the way I remember he explains it. And at the bottom of the fountain, there's people. Huh? Should I explain it like that? Actually, hmm. It, it's okay. So the way most people see the world, I'll explain it differently because I don't like the fountain uh, explanation. It's like a little bit weird. So the way most people see the world is that wealth and money and success is a zero sum game. So to win, someone else has to lose, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But in reality, wealth, it, it's basically infinite. So there's just about everyone can become uh, extremely successful. Now, if you want proof of this, think about it this way. 
120 years ago or so, most people lived, the wealthiest people lived as an average or below average person lives now. Why is that? It's not just technology and so on. There's a lot more going on here. So it's the whole human ability to create just infinite value, infinite wealth, and infinite possibilities for everyone, right? So it's been proven as much as you can prove it that wealth, uh, success, and so on is not a zero-sum game. Someone else doesn't have to lose to, for you to win. Mm -hmm. That's not how wealth works. <laughs> and I, I have, it's very rare that a business owner tells me otherwise. Because it, it's, it's a weird thing to believe that it's a zero-sum game, don't you think? Yes. Because yeah. imagine <laughs> if all business people thought that it's a zero-sum game. They would have to agree that they're s just robbing people of their future. <laughs> like, what kind of mindset is that? Of, yeah. of course they're not. Of course, you ha if you have 100,000 employees in a huge company, you're making, helping them succeed in their lives and lifting them up. And that's the only way of looking at it, in my opinion, uh, that allows you to push yourself beyond what uh, an average person imagines they can do. Yeah. Right? So I guess, I guess this, this paradigm, you could call it, mm -hmm. is probably the most powerful that I know. Yeah. <laughs> if you had the opportunity to speak to the 20-year-old you, what would you say and why? So I made a video about this today because I, uh, you, you, you mentioned that you, you like asking this question. Yeah. So 20-year-old <laughs> me, I would say, uh, yes, you should go around, travel around, and meet lots of people, but focus maybe 20, maybe 30% of your time on creating very valuable, long-lasting relationships. Because sure, you're going to have as an early 20s, kind of guy, you're going to have a lot of uh, very short types of interactions with people or uh, business mm -hmm. relationships and so on. A lot mm -hmm. of 20-year-olds are focused on quick gain, quick money, quick whatever, just to make this one trip, to buy this one phone or whatever, right? Yeah. But just 25, 30% of your time, energy, focus on the long-term game, right? Because you don't want to tell a 20-year-old, no, no, just, just get a wife and, and, and just work on this one business. They're not going to be motivated by that. They're going to just not be able to uh, understand it. And it doesn't make any sense. And the second thing I would say is uh, I would make it extremely clear how limited time is. Because mm -hmm. when you're 30, right, you see the previous 30 years, there were nothing. They, were, they just passed by almost instantly. Mm -hmm. It feels like a couple of weeks, maybe a year. That's what <laughs> it feels like sometimes. Yeah. So... Um, Make every day feel like you almost have no regrets. You're never going to have zero regrets, but feel like you almost have no regrets, right? W would you have more regrets if you uh, traveled the world as soon as possible or if you waited until you're 65 years old? W w what would cause more regret here? What would cause more growth? Of course, mm -hmm. traveling the world more early on and seeing things from different perspectives, right? Mm -hmm. And then read more. Uh, I haven't mentioned this in the video, so this is something <laughs> that definitely applies. Because I was reading, but not at 20. I started reading a lot at 22, I, if I remember correctly, right? Mm -hmm. So read more and read 
nonfiction and read things that you're going to implement as soon as possible. Don't mm -hmm. just read to read. This whole <laughs> reading just to read and gaining knowledge or whatever, why are you doing it? Have like a purpose to it. Yeah. And uh, I, I would be able to convince myself to start a business because I, you know, I, I help people start a business for a living. I'm sure I would be able to convince myself at 20 years old to start a business. And um, uh, focus, focus also a lot on health because I definitely made that mistake up mm -hmm. until the age of 26, I didn't focus enough on business, on, on health. Uh, although there's definitely lots of room for improvement, but uh, until the age of 26, uh, like too much alcohol, that sort of stuff. It's mm -hmm. completely unnecessary. It doesn't improve your life, even short term. A lot of alcohol is instant negative effect mm -hmm. and it's just not worth it. Uh, and I, I think that would be enough because if you give a 20 year old too many pieces of advice. <laughs> Overwhelmed. Yeah, th they'd be like, uh, I'm just gonna go party, <laughs> screw you. So I, I would just keep it at that probably. Uh, some sterling advice there though. <laughs> really, really good. Great stuff. If you could change anything in the world, what would it be and why? Mm, I like talking a lot about a responsibility and everyone tries to play the blame game or the, uh, what is it called again? The uh, grievance, whatever it is. <laughs> so that, um, more people, I mean, you can't say everyone, it's never going to happen, mm -hmm. but more people take full responsibility for their lives. I'm not saying everyone should take care of everyone else forever, you know, that's too much of a burden, but just, just their own lives. Because yeah. most human beings are able to achieve so much more if they just take responsibility. And, and this one thing, responsibility, is a core principle of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So you can't be an entrepreneur and say, well, the government this, the government that, or uh, this other person is out to get me or anything like that. If, if that just decreased and responsibility increased, this is just one small change, you know? People would seek more education mm -hmm. and the right type of education, not just uh, to fill their head with facts, but to do stuff, you know, do stuff that makes positive change. Because yeah. responsibility leads to all these things. So if I had to choose one thing, even though I, you know, I, I teach business, I, I would focus on responsibility as the number one change. Okay. Because it leads to thoughts that lead to business, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Alexander, this has been an amazing uh, interview. I've absolutely loved hearing your, your views and your opinions on things. You're incredibly entertaining, but... Um, I think one of the things that I really learned spending time around you is just how how focused you are um, and how clear you are on you know what your mission is and, and where you want to go with it and I wish you all the very best and um, we'll definitely keep in touch. Thank you it's been uh, great visiting here Scotland yeah. Edinburgh very very nice place everyone should visit and it's been lovely being interviewed by you thank you. <laughs> You're welcome thank you so much Alexander um, yeah brilliant. Thank you. Cheers. Right. Thank you for listening to Inspired Edinburgh. Please come and find us on social media and leave us a review on iTunes. Many thanks.